Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about... Wow, this is a heck of a day to be doing this. Yeah, how about how about it? So I guess just for context, we're recording at 5.50 p.m. Central Time <laughs> on Wednesday. Wednesday. And the reason I'm doing that is because just news has been breaking throughout the day. And man, this team is in just complete shit show mode already (laughs) you know the the normal format we go through i guess is we come in and we talk about the previous game and maybe there's a couple of pieces of news or nuggets to react to but that's not today i've already kind of forgotten about how terrible the bears were at tampa bay and (laughs) believe me we'll, we'll, we'll get to it but just this day at hallis hall has been a memorable one i mean you start off with all of the hubbubaloo around the Justin Fields' first press conference, and then there's the second press conference, and then there's Alan Williams all day, and by the way, the left tackle's on IR and maybe is out for the year, so a lot going on. I mean, <laughs> Jim was reflecting that <laughs> that was like the fifth story. Yeah, it's, it's just like, oh, the left tackle. Losing the left tackle. Left tackle might be out for the year, and it just buried in this avalanche of other news so i guess we'll talk let's talk about the game and fields together because they are so interrelated because it's another terrible day for the offense down in tampa bay fields looked lost and then he comes out today and says we're going back to playing the way i want to play yeah i don't really know what that means we're going to get into it but where are you sitting with all this well you know um, this, this was something I noticed during the, during the game and, uh, you know, reflecting since then, I haven't been motivated to watch any football, uh, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, as you said, the entire team was a giant dumpster fire. Uh, there was absolutely really nothing that went right. Um, well, okay. So uh, there was the one pass to uh, DJ Moore and yeah. and Chase Claypool. The, the first drive but, was good. Yeah, like it, the, the scripted plays. It was the, the first drive was really good, and then it was like, how could they not even come close to repeating that for the entire rest of the game? Well, yeah. they did have the long drive at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So that's right. But um, uh, you know, and Chase Claypool got his first uh, his first touchdown. Yay! He he, he <laughs> <laughs> golf clap. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he did play better than last week. That's of course, last week he was making himself a sandwich while he was on the field. Yeah, so like, I don't know. <laughs> he played like you would expect an NFL player to play, like they, they care. So. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for him. <laughs> so, you know, the the thing was is that, though, I mean, overall, we all watched it and they're just, they're, it, it seemed like they couldn't get out of their own way the entire game. Yeah, it felt like a lot of the same thing as we saw against Green Bay. On offense, the quarterback, I thought, looked lost at times. There were missed opportunities as well. The blocking wasn't great. I mean, they, they The really, offensive line was a sieve. Yeah, they, they really couldn't get anything going other than the two drives you talked about, and the defense was just terrible. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that... You know, uh, there are people out there, there's critics that are saying, well, you know, uh, Fields is holding the ball too long. Agreed. Fields on certain plays is holding the ball too long. That's the whole context, not just Fields is holding on the ball too long. Like, if we get him to throw the ball faster, it, it will solve all the issues. That's not the way it works. Right. But it the the issue, to me, the real issue, the underlying issue, is the fact that the offensive line uh, is giving him time very sporadically. And a lot of those times that he is getting more time out uh, back there, there's the, the receivers out there are covered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they have, he, we have to, we have to work on making it so he doesn't have happy feet so bad. Well, I, I think that the way he described it today is what we're seeing. I, I, when he was up there talking and giving his quotes that everybody in the NFL started reacting to, when he when when you go back and listen to him, it sounds like what we're seeing, which yeah. is that he's just 
It was pretty accurate. It was pretty. It was pretty on point. Yeah, it, he looks confused at times. Like you said, it looks like he has happy. He looks robotic. Yeah, I thought like, that was a great adjective, and he used it on himself. Exactly. So I don't know if he's just inundated with too much information, or if he just doesn't trust the protection at all. So it causes him to move through his progressions too quickly. I mean, I'm not a quarterback expert, but yeah. it looks like he's not reading the defense and the progressions the way he needs to be and there's many reasons for that and I'm sure in some way a lot of different things are to blame I'm sure part of it's that the coaching's ineffective I'm sure part of it is that he's shell-shocked from having such a bad offensive line for three years I'm sure part of it is that he's still getting used to what like NFL open looks like right because he has never had good receivers at this level and at Ohio State he was able to play with the best receivers in college football against North And he had a wall in front of it. Yeah, so I'm sure it's all part of it. And the way that I heard his quotes today was that, look, I need to go back to playing football the way that works for me. And I I think that's what you want, right? I, I think that's what you want in your quarterback. I think you want somebody that goes through the game prep and gets all the information and listens to the million different things that everyone's telling him throughout the entire week, but then right. realizes that when I go out there on Sunday, this is on me. Like I, I'm the one that people are going to criticize. If I play well, I'm the one that's going to be rewarded financially. If I play poorly, I'm going to be the one that has to go look for another job, right? So it's on him at the end of the day. So if what we heard today was him recognizing that. And it's saying, his face out there. Like If I'm going down, I'm going down my way. I guess I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's going back to last year. Or if that's him saying... I, I, I would certainly agree with you there. I, I would lo- I would love to see it go back to what it looked like a little bit last year. Yeah. Like, I, I am genuinely curious what he meant by that when, when he says, like, I, I think starting from now on, I just have to say F it and do the things that have always worked for me. Like, I want to see what he means by that. I don't well, know. Um, so you lead to a good point, right? Last year, uh, it was pretty obvious to fans um and you know we're we're all great coaches from the armchair here yeah but a couple beers in at the bar right? <laughs> that's right um but one thing that uh was uh, that is obvious is that this guy has extraordinary ability with his legs and his speed that you you cannot question that he has elite talent when it comes to running and not having specifically built-in runs at key moments yes. is not the way to run a play, a, a set of plays for him. He needs to have that available. Last year, at the beginning of the year, they weren't doing that, and things were terrible. And you know, he was getting tapped a lot back there. And then they, then suddenly. Was that about week three that Getsy started? It was whenever they went to New England. I think it was like week six. So yeah, and they started and they started filtering those in. Well, you know, uh, a friend of the show Matt was was discussing this, and and he pointed out that he he counted four. What he figures out is four in the first two games, four designed runs for him. That's that doesn't work. Yeah, I'm surprised it's that many. Even I, I would have guessed like zero. <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's actually i was thinking about two yeah, so i'm between it hasn't been a part of the offense and i can't really understand why and look i understand that maybe some of the production last year was unsustainable because there were a lot of those big runs that were not designed where he was pulling the ball down and running for his life because yes. protection broke down and he ended up making something out of nothing and that's what you want to see a little less of like i fully understand that but I think like going to zero is also not the answer, and I, Correct. I I think that's maybe what he's saying. And I also wonder because I I find it really hard to believe they're telling him don't scramble if a throw's not there, right? So maybe they've been just drilling the progressions and the route trees and the, all that into him, and maybe he's gotten in his own head, which I think is partially on him too. Yeah, but I, I think maybe now what he's saying is like I just need to trust my gut when I'm out there, and like I said, if I'm going down, I want to go down my way, and I respect that a lot because 
I think that's what you didn't see with, with Mitch Trubisky, right? Like, Mitch never got there. Mitch was constantly trying to do what Matt Nagy told him to do, which and obviously... Speaking of, speaking of Matt... Go ahead. Uh, Matt Nagy? Yeah. No, speaking of speaking of Matt and Mitch, mm-hmm. remember Mitch uh, actually had a great rushing season. He rushed for, I think, about 450 yards. Under Fox. Yeah. And yes. then the next year, like 100 yards Yeah. at the end of the year. And he got sacked a ton. Okay. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, as you were saying... It doesn't have to be the 60-yard runs that we all drop our jaws when we're watching. Looks like he's returning a punt, right. But you know what? It will certainly keep the defense uh, honest if you're hitting them with five and six yards every time they back. You know, every time they're crunched in the middle or they spread all the way out. You're running plays to counter that, right? right? With your with your quarterback who does have elite talent when it comes to speed and elusiveness, right? right? And can and, run you over. Yeah, and he, you know, he's getting those five and six yards, right? You know, I understand the critics out there who say, "Well, you can't you can't develop a quarterback that uh, runs all the time." You know what? He's 24 years old. He, you know, that we can worry about that a little bit down the road. Right now, what we need him to do is we need him to get comfortable uh, not only not only as a quarterback on the field, but develop a pocket sense of his own because right now he doesn't seem to have any. Yeah, exactly. And com- comfortable is a great word there because he just looks uncomfortable. Very. In a lot of different ways. I, I don't think you need to be a genius to figure that one out. And, like, believe me, if, if you want to fire Luke Getze, go ahead. Like, I've got... Absolutely no loyalty to him. I don't think he's done a particularly good job. But the the simple fact of the matter is, who are you going to go to? Uh, you're going to have Andrew, in the in the middle of the year, Andrew Giacomo or whatever his name is, <laughs> stepping up there and calling plays. So I, I don't I don't think there's like a magic bullet here that's going to come in and bail you out from a play caller standpoint. I think Getsy's kind of what you got. And, man, whatever it takes, it's just him and Fields need to sit down and figure out a way to make this work. And maybe that means they both have to compromise a little bit. I don't I don't know, but it's going back to what I said last week. Because if, if it looks like this all year, they're both going to be gone. Uh, I read um, in from his conference today, he said our communication between him and Getsy is strong. That was the word that he used. I think that's excellent. Yeah. You know, but I think that, um, I think he is very unvarnished. I don't think he is a BS artist in any way, shape, or form. And when he came off and he was talking about the coaching staff, I think he was just relating his frustration that he doesn't feel like they're playing the system to the best of his ability. Right. And, and, you know, we... We, you're right. There's not really a whole lot that they can do right now. You, you can't. You just lost your defensive coordinator. We can't. We can't uh, lose the offensive coordinator too in week three. Oh God! I mean, gosh, it, it, this feels like week fifteen stuff. Like, man, what a disaster! But I, I agree, right? And if communication's strong, great. Then communicate a way to make the offense look better because. Right now, it, it looks worse than it did at any point last year, I think. And I it, absolutely agree. Like, and w- whatever the proper allocation of blame is, I mean, we, we've seen plenty of times on film already this year where there's a receiver wide open down the field and the ball doesn't get out. Yes. I don't know if that's because there's too much going on in his head that he can't pull the trigger. Or I don't know if his eyes are going to a different place based on what the coaching staff brought up, but... That's got to get figured out, too. Like, I think it's a mix somewhere. Agreed. If he needs to get more comfortable doing what you just said, five, six-yard runs, maybe you get a bigger one every now and again, then do it. Find a way to get him into a rhythm in the game because... He, he even said that himself. Yeah, like, there's so many yards that have been left out on the field already this season. He, he said, I don't, I don't feel like I'm establishing any rhythm whatsoever. Right. You know, the one thing is, is that 
obviously they can't do anything about Getsy right now and evaluation for him to me should uh, I agree with you should come after the season right now they need to do whatever they can to one uh get our quarterback some rhythm get him some comfort on the field and two by playing that way he'll naturally play more to his abilities and there'll be also less chance of him getting hurt because that's the last thing that we want right but you know uh, like you said, you know, he's getting this blank look on his face. And what I got from what he was talking about today was that he is getting stuck between his instinct on what he needs to do on the play and what the play actually is. Right. That's what it sounds like. There's a, a collision there. And one of the things, uh, well, the primary thing, in my opinion, Getsy is supposed to be doing is figuring out what the strengths of his quarterback is and playing to those and figuring out his weaknesses <laughs> and saying, you know what, we, we, yeah. we, need, to, we need to do this to, to, to make it so that weakness isn't so bad. Let's figure out, like, how his instinct would feed into the play that I'm exactly. deciding. Right? Like, if I know that this is what his instinct is telling him to do, then I should be designing a play that feeds into that. Right! And if... The opinion is that Fields' instincts don't lend themselves to being a successful NFL quarterback. Then, and that could be well. And then you then you screwed up the offseason, though. Yeah. Because then you shouldn't have traded for DJ Moore. Yep. Or you should have drafted. Should have kept it. the first overall pick. Right. Like so. So there's so much. There's so many logical inconsistency with this, right? Because. I have to believe that going into the offseason, they said this is going to be the guy that we at least hope we can build around. Like, if they had gone yeah. through last season and said this guy is just not going to cut it, he doesn't get it, he's not capable, whatever, then I don't think that they would have they would have handled the offseason the way they did. But then it doesn't make sense when you look at the game plan from the first two weeks where they've completely gone away from what he's best at. Right. Like, there's, there's just so much strangeness going on and... It's obviously not working, and I know it's only been two games, right? And there's been a lot of players and a lot of coaches, and I even heard a couple of analysts saying, look, it's a long year, it takes time. Like, that's all great, but look at the statistics for teams that start 0-3, which the Bears are almost certain to do. Yeah. Those teams make the playoffs like 5% of the time. Yeah. So, like, if you lose on Sunday... Maybe less. Yeah, like, if you, if you lose on Sunday, statistically, your season's already over. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't spend the, the next 14 games still developing, still getting your offense to where you want it, and then maybe if you build up that momentum, then you take that into the following year. But I don't think that's what anybody really wanted. Like, I don't think anybody wanted to spend another lost season playing for development and playing meaningless games in November and December. And that's kind of where it feels like we're headed because yeah. the offense has gotten off to such a bad start. So I, I don't think all hope is lost necessarily. I think if today was kind of a turning point, great. Start getting the offense going back in the right direction. Maybe you do win some games after this week. And, and you know, maybe you end up in playoff contention regardless. But Whatever the reason is, these guys need to figure it out because there's a lot of words right now and not a lot of production, and I don't think that's what anybody was expecting going into this year. And I, I, I feel like that's one of the things that Fields was trying to relate today yeah. is that um, it's that he's the number one person in, in standing there and saying, you know what. I, I, I get that the fans out there are frustrated. I get that everybody's frustrated with this whole situation. I'm the top guy of being frustrated right now because I want to do better. I have, you know, that's the, that's the thing is, as I said, he, he offers a pretty raw look into his, uh, in, into his thought process. And he has been the first person I've seen to always step up to the microphone and say, you know what, I got to do a better job. And that means that he is, he is constantly thinking about ways to improve himself. And I think that he is very capable of doing that. I know that, I know that this seems like I'm just trying to, you know, gloss it all over and make it sound like, you know, he's blowing roses out of his butt. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say that. Maybe he is just not that good. Yeah. And, and that, he, he certainly is one of the people that has stepped up and said, you know, this isn't cutting it. But I, I'm just saying, I think that 
at 24 years old, uh, and the fact that really he's on, you know, last year was actually his rookie year as far as I'm concerned, and this is his second year in the league, that maybe we need to cut him a little bit more slack, and whatever kind of disconnect that is going on between him and his offensive coordinator, they need to figure it out. Yeah, and look, I... I it, unless there's an injury like he's getting every start this year they're not gonna start Tyson Bajant yeah so that makes no sense he's gonna get his opportunities and he's going to get a lot of reps this year and I I think you're right like Bajant is a super nice story but that's all it is right now yeah for sure and I am not ready to give up I'm discouraged I'm discouraged was Expecting more through two games. I was expecting more. But, yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to do I here. want to see him do well. I would, lo- I would love it more than anything. Yeah. Because, really? Like, it doesn't make sense to me that someone that's that talented and seemingly that smart and that hard of a worker, it, it doesn't seem to make sense to me that you can't make that work. Right. So I'm I'm not ready to give up yet because we've seen the flashes, we've seen the talent, that his teammates rave about him. Like I I think that there are maybe some mitigating factors here, but I, I hope it starts to get better soon and maybe it'll start this week. And it doesn't seem that he's lost confidence. I liked the fact that he called all the reporters back and clarified what yeah. he meant today. And I think the reason he had to do that is because Dan Weederer, <laughs> clown. Like this, J- Justin Fields gives a thoughtful, good two-minute answer about what's going wrong with the offense and why he's playing robotic. And Dan Weederer takes one word of it. Oh my god! Coaching and blasts it out. What? And that that tweet gets over four million views as of right now. It's just like what a jerk! Come on, man! Like you sat there and listened to it. You know that's not all he said, but. That's neither here nor there. And, and Fields called everyone back and said, look, this is on me. I'm not, I'm not throwing my coaches under the bus. That's not what I meant. I'm not throwing my teammates under the bus. That's not what I meant. I tried to give you a good answer, and you took one word of it and just put me on blast on, yeah. on X. It's the, it's the coach's fault. So I, I don't think that's what it was. I don't think he was complaining. I think he made that clear. I, I think he wants this to get better, obviously. And I, it sounds like he, he has- seems hyper competitive to me. His, I don't, I don't get from the sense from him that he is as satisfied in any way, shape, or form. No, and it's kind of funny that, and as we go into this next week, I mean, this is maybe like a decent week for this all to happen because the Bears are probably going to get blown out anyway. Like, use that and try to. Get the offense going in the right direction. Even if that means you're designing up a game plan that maybe makes it a little less likely that you win this game, you're not going to win this game. But put together a strategy that can kind of get this offense in a rhythm a little bit. And I don't even really fully know what that would look like, but just try to do something a little different that's a little bit more tailored to your quarterback strengths because what's happening now clearly isn't working. And and you know what, let's also take into account that this to me we can we can back this up to our conversation last week when we were talking about the fact that at the beginning of OTAs we thought we had a starting five for offensive line and for some reason that's turned into the biggest joke in the universe yeah that's, you know i, I don't know well. what what are they poisoning the offensive linemen i mean i don't understand the the absolute avalanche of injuries that has happened to it you know so and it's like you said you know uh, somehow Braxton Jones uh, going on IR maybe out for the season yeah they're hoping that the four game uh, break will help but maybe out for the season neck injury yeah, I didn't hear anything about that until today well he finished the game right yeah I think so I yeah so I don't know if the injury happened in the game or in practice but so when you go back to the OTAs right so here's your starting five that we're all projecting from left to right so Braxton Jones now out for a while Tevin Jenkins been out Cody Whitehair the center now has had to move to guard because he got hurt yeah Nate Davis out personal reasons we don't know when he's coming back can't do anything about that and then uh Darnell Wright who I think has played okay some good some bad he's a rookie yeah that's what you're gonna get so yeah, the offensive line has been a huge 
problem, and I was not. I guess I, I I did say that we were all assuming we were going to take this massive upgrade on the line and maybe to temper those expectations a little bit, but I didn't think it would be this bad this soon. I, I, I certainly thought we were going to take an upgrade. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, uh, amazing, but I, I thought that they were going to play better, and I thought we were going to get to see some continuity. Yeah. But it, it's <laughs> I don't know whether any any position group has been more hit or is in worse shape than that one no it's the worst on the team and no i don't even know who's going to be starting at left tackle now is it larry borum they, they haven't said um he was super of course you know flus was super vague about it like he is about everything um so yeah larry borum possibly uh he didn't sound real uh positive when they talked about you know his uh are we going to move right from uh, right, uh, <laughs> right from right uh, over to left? Um, I, I, it sounded if you read between the lines, it sounded a little bit more like they want to keep him at right tackle. Um, I, I don't know what you do. Uh, you know, it, it's thin. It is really thin. <laughs> I'm just laughing at this tweet from Chris Emma. Apparently, today is Ryan Pohl's birthday. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a rough one, but. Well, and here's another point with Braxton Jones, too. Why why don't they have a backup tackle that you feel good about? I mean, it, it's not like he's played very well. No, but he has been durable. Yeah, and I, I'm just talking about the first two games this year, right? Like, yeah. it, why, why didn't they bring anybody into camp that could at least be a serviceable backup? So, uh, I think I that's know. another failure of the offseason. But, yeah, the offensive line stinks right now. Maybe... I assume Davis will be back at some point. Jenkins should be coming back at some point. So maybe that makes things a little better. I mean, Lucas Patrick is just terrible. I don't know that that's tenable. And left tackle is a mystery now. So, yeah, not not good there. And, I mean, before we move on, do you want to just say awful things about the Bears' defense? <laughs> yeah, because there's not really any positive things to say about it. Come on. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we watched Tyreek Stevenson get absolutely bitched. Uh, that, why, why is he covering Mike Evans the whole game? Too? Yeah, I don't know. Like that's, but, a, that's a Hall of Famer. But um, uh, hopefully, uh, his, his tongue was starting to get a little bit loose there about how about how he was going to show the NFL his his coverage abilities. <laughs> I think I think he got a really good sized slice of humble pie. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, like you said. Uh, what it, it, the defense as a whole? What was Flus thinking as Evans is uh, catching every single thing that is w- within ten yards of him? And yeah, we totally got boned on that call. There should have been offensive pass interference on it. Guess what? That happens. Yeah, you, you, you deal with it. One but play. that doesn't make that doesn't make any kind of excuse for what happened the rest of the game. You yeah. know, why he was busy collecting twenty five receptions or. You know, I'm just saying, you, you've got to do something. When, when somebody is rolling like that, is in a zone, you got to do something to disrupt that. Yeah, no kidding. And another game where there were zero sacks, not a lot of pressure, and Gakwe had a couple chances and somehow couldn't get Baker Mayfield on the ground. Yeah. And there's nobody, was... else, nobody else on the line I saw that did much of anything. And you know what? you got to give you got to give Mayfield some credit. He played, he played really well. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, uh, he's, he seems to be making the most out of, of what he's got down there. Good for him. And, but at the same time, uh, if you, if you want to compare if, if fans out there, if you want to compare, he jumped to a team that had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on his team, you know? Uh, so it, that's a better duo than we've got. Well, he's also played the Vikings and the Bears who... Both look to be <laughs> both you know, don't look that good anyway. Like two two of the worst defenses in the league, and <laughs> the Bears' run defense actually has been a little better. So round of applause for that. But why Bears' would, run defense actually has been a little better. Why would you run it against them then? I, exactly. Like, the, the pass defense has been so bad. Exactly. There, when you can have a seventy-yard screen pass, why do you, why do you need yeah. to do that? So it's it's ugly. Um, I think we've hit on everything. I guess you did briefly mention Allen Williams. He resigned. Yes. I don't want to spend much time on it. There's, I don't there's, either. There's something weird there. What, what I mean, what are we going to say about it? We'll find out in the coming days what's going on. The only thing that I think stinks 
about it, right? Like just from a on-field perspective is one of the things that people wanted with Matt Eberflus was that he wasn't calling the plays. Uh, that that was pe- people were happy about that when they hired him. So it's yeah, like, I, I was one of them. I, I, same. I hey, he's the he's the head cheese. That's what he's supposed to do is be head cheese. So now he's got to apparently. I think he's gonna be calling the plays now. I think I saw that. So yeah, I don't think that's a good development because man, this if if there ever was a time where the team needed the head coach to be a strong leader, it's now. And I don't really. I haven't really got that from him. No, and now if he's just going to be on the sidelines with his head in his play sheet, I don't know. I It's bad vibes all around. Um, Definitely major questions as to whether that guy is truly a head coach. Yes. Um, you know, he's never been one at uh, any level. Um, you know, he's uh, he's really a, a, a linebacker's coach that has made good uh, did a you know did a couple of years maybe a few years at, at Indy uh, as as the DC and uh, you know got this gig so um, Jim and I are, have always been uh, fans of bringing in an uh, a, an offensive guy to be the head cheese and uh, you know when they when they decided to go uh, with a defensive guy again we I wasn't real happy about it but. It we are where we are, and it, it, as Jim was reflecting, we we can't really do anything about it right now. No, that's right, and it, it, I, people are still operating under the assumption that Fluce is coming back next year, and I don't know. I I, I think it's you, not looking real good. You can already kind of see the signs of you know crows starting to circle a little bit. Yeah, Biggs, I know, had some comments about. Fluce's job security in his column right after the Tampa Bay game. And if the Bears go 4-13, and 13, which if this is how they're going to play is exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. And his two years here are 7-27. and 27, I think that's the right math. Like, I don't know that he's coming back. Especially when this team is already devolving into chaos in week two of the season, right? I mean, we've, we've had... Now, public comments from coaches criticizing players, and we we've had Chase Claypool <clears throat> dogging it in week one, and it's week two. Like this yeah. is when people are supposed to still be excited and still buying into that hits principle and going out there with. And, I mean, we've already had intensity questions in week one yeah. against the Packers, so. I, I don't know. I, I, if you had to point me to one thing that would say this is clearly working, I don't know what it would be. So I, I don't think that it's time to start calling for the man's firing, but we're not that far off from that. If they lose a couple more games here, I mean, they've lost, what, is it now, 12 in a row? Yeah. And part of that was by design last year, but some of it was not by design. Yeah. And this year is definitely not by design. So well, and I guess you know we'll we'll touch on we'll touch on polls real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, now I am one that I'll immediately stand up and raise my hand and say I want that guy running the team still, um, at least for another year. Oh yeah, uh, because I think so. the the last jerk that we had. He got the he had the job for seven years, and this is where we ended up. So, um, it, it to me it would be unfair to him to not let him at least get three years. Uh, but uh, um, you know, uh, obviously he's going to be under fire, and you know uh, should be. There's there's decisions that he has made al- already that are are questionable, mm-hmm. and uh, you know one of them uh, that we you know that. You and I both thought he was going to get one of those uh, tackles out of free agency before that rolled along, and somehow we rolled through it, and we didn't. We ended up with one guard. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I I did question that then, and I still now it's like well, like you were just saying, why is there nobody behind Jones? You know, yeah. So uh, it, it you know I thought it would have been nice. Uh, I, what I was hoping for is that he took. He grabbed one of those tackles, and he used our first pick on a tackle or our second pick, and because uh, then we're bringing you know double uh, 
doubling up on our pleasure. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I think with polls, I mean, you just got to say so far, it's been, I think, more bad than good. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to... It, it's hard to quantify. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's it's certainly questionable. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think there's been any two people that have been more complimentary of him, right? So, believe me, I want him to succeed very, yeah. very badly. Me too. Because the last couple guys that have held that job didn't know what they were doing. Right. And if we ended up with another guy that doesn't know what he's doing, that's really going to suck. I, I do think he's going to get more time. I have serious questions about who he chose as his first head coach. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's in any real danger unless this thing goes like really, really off the rails. But yeah. I, I, I think he's going to be safe and he's going to get a chance because you also got to remember, and at some point you got to stop blaming your predecessor, but he also took over like one of the worst situations in the league. I mean, he really did. I, I mean, we, we don't have to prove that all bears fans know that Yeah, the roster was in <laughs> the rest of the league. Certainly knew it. The, the, the roster was in like, the worst shape you could ever imagine, right? So I, I mean, it actually took some it took some guts for him to to want to come in and, and take all all that crap over. Yeah, especially because he could have had the Vikings job, right? <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't I think it's too early to talk about like job security with him, but yeah, there's been some bad things. So it's I I, I am starting to watch that a little bit more closely. Yeah. Um, so one of the things uh, we have been um, doing a segment on uh, the NFC quarterbacks um, with the news that happened today, we wanted to spend more time on that. So, but I, what I did want to do is I wanted to look at where Fields' numbers are in comparison to the rest of the NFL. So I'm going to throw these out there for reflection. Um, in attempts, he's twentieth. I actually thought that that was a little higher than it seemed to be simply because it, it seems like uh, we've been trying to still trot out uh, mostly the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, what anyway, what do you think? Uh, that Does that factor in sacks? It would, that, right? he's, he's 20th in attempts, in passing attempts. Uh, 20th in the league. Hmm. 23 in completions. Yeah, I probably would have guessed... A little lower. A little lower, yeah. yeah. But I, I guess, I don't know. I, it's They've given up a lot of points, too. So there's been a lot of attempts late in games where yeah. the game's kind of already not, well, not over. But you're, you're playing from behind. So I, Playing from behind, I guess, correct. I guess it feels about right. But, it w- but we will give the Bears that they have been in it. Uh, at you know, towards the end of the game in Tampa for sure. In, in Tampa for sure, a little bit outside from the from the Packers. And completion percentage, he's twenty sixth. So okay. definitely low there. What is his completion percentage? Sixty point six percent. Now you definitely want to see your quarterback at at least sixty. So he is there, but he needs to obviously. Uh, improve there. Now, it certainly hasn't helped him with, uh, we have both seen in these first two games, some pretty bad drops. They they oh. need to clean that up. Yeah, this last game, we didn't even spend time on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an issue. Yeah, that, that's supposed to be cleaned up by now, too. I, I certainly thought it would be this year, but um, uh, in now th- I thought this was very interesting. So, uh, 20th in attempts, 23rd in completions, 26th in completion percentage, 18th in yards. In fact, he is one yard in front of glory boy Brock Purdy. And let's compare Brock Purdy's passing weapons to Justin Fields' passing weapons. Yeah, Purdy had a really rough game last week. So, he, I just, I thought that was really interesting to see. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, I can really only think of one drive where they've really moved the ball successfully through the air, and that was the first drive this week. Did they have any big passing well, plays that, in week that, one? That drive in the fourth, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, yeah. that was mostly passing. You know? True. So it's, um, not, it's not like they've had any successful screenplays or anything either That's, i i would have guessed lower i would have guessed lower as well 427 passing yards like i said one yard in front of Brock purdy um I, that one was certainly the most shocking statistic to me 
Uh, he has two touchdowns. He's uh, There's actually uh, 24 quarterbacks in the NFL that have three touchdowns or less. So, you know, I mean, while he, he doesn't have very many and he needs to do better there, it seems, that, that it seems like the whole league is a little bit down on touchdown passes. Uh, interceptions. Uh, he's tied with five others at three. Josh Allen is one of them. Josh Allen has already has three picks. And uh, this is another statistic, though, that um, surprised me. He's 16th in first downs. Hmm. Passing first downs. Interesting. Yeah, with 21. Uh, I mean, certainly higher than I would have expected. Yeah, same. It, 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 that, like, if you had just asked me where he was in most of these, I would have guessed, like, bottom five. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, that's certainly not, you know. Uh, it, it, like I said, that's better than uh, than we both thought. Uh, tied for 27th in yards per attempt. Um, around, I think it was 6.4. Uh now, here is where he really get whacked, though. Number 31 in QBR. Yeah, that sounds about right. 22.2. That's, that's really awful. Well, that lines up with what we've seen. It Any guess on to who's dead last? Uh, it's not Dobbs, is it? Nope, it's actually not Dobbs. Uh, AFC quarterback. AFC. Uh... I wouldn't have got this. Uh, Tannehill? Pickett. Oh, yeah, he's been bad. <laughs> he's been terrible. Yeah, he really And has. he has weapons. And he had, like, a monster preseason, too. Yeah, and he has a much better line. Yeah, that, that, these are interesting. I mean, the QBR one isn't surprising. That's kind of how this all fits together and some of the other counting stats. I, I would have guessed he was in the bottom five for all of them, though. Like, But, so, I mean, I guess they had, they've had a couple of good drives last week. And I guess they were moving the ball a little bit in garbage time. He did. Yeah. He did have the one long touchdown throw to Mooney. So I guess those add up to around yeah low average ish. Yeah, but uh, he, you know, um, anyway, I, I like I said, you know, those are two really important statistics: the yards and first downs. And he is doing okay there, right? Uh, you know, in the middle of the pack. Um, one of the things, obviously, that is also hurting his uh, QBR. Is his lack of rushing? Um, where is that? <laughs> I mean, really, uh, it the the defenses are all stacking the box. Yep. That's you, you. All you have to be is a casual football fan. You can see that um, they're counting on him dropping back and holding on to the ball and staying trying to stay in the pocket and. That's just not working. Yeah, it's like the Cutler playbook, right? Where you, it is. You just know if you drop enough guys back, he's going to make a mistake. Yeah. I remember when uh, Martz was making uh, Cutler run seven-step drops all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was getting crushed back there. And it was like, are you stupid or something? I mean, really. Yes. I, the, answer I, <laughs> that, the answer to that question the answer is, is yes. yes. Yeah, um, best Jay Cutler moment with the Bears was when he <laughs> screamed at Mike Martz on Monday Night Football. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, oh, anyway, I, said, Fuck you. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there just because I thought that was interesting. You know, a little bit better in, in spots than I thought. You know, a little bit. I didn't think that his QBR was going to be thirty first. I got to admit, I I did think it was going to be low, but I didn't think it was going to be that low. So, um, on to Power rankings. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, uh, the, so the power rankings, um, the uh, added bit uh, this week is uh, heading into week three. The power rankings, they're still trying to figure out who is real and who is not. So, uh, you know, they, they did their switch up. And in addition, the NFL Nation reporters identified with a player with a current contract situation to monitor on every team. So the number one team uh, this week is San Francisco 49ers. The player that they're monitoring is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, that's one player I think that the Bears should certainly be keeping an eyeball on. Yeah, I like him. So um, they picked up his fifth year option. So he is unrestricted free agent next year. Uh, and um, Nick Bosa in, is uh, uh, needing uh, another contract. No, they just signed him. 
Oh, that's true. They did. They but, did just sign got, him. They've got a lot of big contracts on the books, right? Um, so. and, and the other thing is how much money they mentioned in here is how much money they're paying Debo Samuel, yep. who was like the all star until they got McCaffrey, and now he's kind of playing second fiddle. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weapons on that team, and there's a lot of big contracts. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Ayuk's on the free agent list. And uh, another uh, the number two team is Dallas Cowboys. Um, who, wow, they have looked really strong so far. Yeah. Um, their player, C.D. Lamb, that's the one that another big contract situation going there. So uh, we'll be able to eyeball that guy too. So let's go down to the uh, uh, the Norsemen. Uh, the first guy is uh, the Detroit Lions at number eight. Uh, they, they actually fell a spot um, from seven. And their uh, their quarterback is the one that they're saying is the contract situation you got to watch. Uh, he Goff is playing on a four year, one hundred thirty four million dollar extension that he signed with the Rams. Sure. So um, he has he's signed for next year at twenty seven million. But if he keeps playing the way he does, does he is he outplaying that number? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he's putting up top ten numbers, and that's. Certainly worth more than that contract number, but they just drafted a quarterback too, so that's going to be an interesting one to play out. Right. It's going to be, I mean, I feel like you kind of know what the ceiling is with Goff, so we'll see how the rest of this year goes, though. Um, I did want to stop on this one real quick. Uh, The Commanders uh, jumped from 21 to 12. Uh, They are playing very strong, Uh, but... The more interesting part to me is the contract situation because Chase Young and Montez Sweat are both going to be due for big, fat money. And uh, obviously, Sweat's career uh, so far has certainly outshined the former overall number one pick. Uh, I still think Young uh, has the ability and the talent to be a big-time D-end. I mean, we'll see how it plays out this year, but what what do you think that they're going to do there? I mean, you, you can't keep both of them. Yeah, I, I think Young's going to go. I, I just don't think he's done enough there that they're going to give him a massive extension, obviously pending this year, but he, he's been injured, and when he's been out there recently, like not super productive, so I, I think he came back last week, so we'll see how he plays, but he also might just want to leave Washington. I would have no issues at all with the Bears. That's what I think, Doing too. Doing some diligence on him. That would be such a fun addition. It, I, I really think so. Um, you know, uh, again, uh, you, you know, he, he's. I think he's 23 years old. He's young. Yeah. Uh, and he is quite the physical specimen. Um, and the, the thing is, is uh, Washington isn't going to be able to do a whole lot as far as keeping that guy. Uh, it, it, it could even work out that they can't even slap the franchise tag on him. So, oh, no, I don't um, you know, that, that leaves, uh, that leaves him open to a good deal. Uh, another player that, um, uh, is in, the, that's mentioned amongst the contracts, Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly showing that he can still play. Um, gets a thousand yards every year. It, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, um, he is a jump ball king. So, uh, he certainly, you got to give that guy credit the other for what he did the other day. He was pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a good thing for him. So where do you think the Bears are? They've got to be, what were they last week? Oh, I went past the Vikings. The Vikings are at 25 and their contract situation, of course, they're talking about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, where do you, where do you think the bike uh, the Bears are? I would guess. I mean, probably thirtieth. Thirtieth, yeah. bing! He gets a baby root. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, they're uh, who who are they talking about in the contract situation? It's uh, probably Mooney, right? Jalen Johnson. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, you know, Mooney. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, you know. I, we keep waiting for him to, you know, at least come back in the picture a little bit. And he doesn't really seem to be doing that. Um, he didn't last year before he got hurt. Uh, I don't know 
what the situation is, whether uh, Fields doesn't see him or... But I, I do know that he's tried to get the ball to him. Yeah, I just think that's a victim of the overall offense just being terrible. That that could be. I, I don't that know. Could be. And I think he got hurt last week too, right, Mooney? Yeah, he's been dinged already. I don't know how badly, though. Um, I, I did notice, though, that he did not practice today. Yeah, so, so that's something to watch. But um, uh, it says uh, Bears general manager Ryan Poles expressed a desire to keep the 2020 second-round pick uh, long-term, uh, Jalen Johnson, and it's evident for a defense predicated on takeaways that Chicago's brass <laughs> wants to see in the cornerback increase his number of interceptions and turnovers. Because remember, he has one interception in his career um i still we both are fans of keeping him uh but uh he does really need to pick uh pick up on that um i I certainly uh don't put all of his value in that in in that bundle um but if he want I, i i think we're both in agreement that he wants to be paid as an elite as an elite corner yeah i i think so and it's going to be a fascinating one to watch just because it still doesn't seem like they're throwing at him a ton. Yeah. So if he ends this year and doesn't have those takeaways, I mean, it kind of feels to me like it's heading for the franchise tag. I just don't know that the two sides are going to reach an agreement. I think they're probably far apart. I think if they were able to reach an agreement, they probably would have done so already. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the tag. And then, I mean, that's just sometimes a dart throw which how it's, with how it's going to play out. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. So right in front of uh, the Bears uh, at 29 is the Carolina Panthers. All right. Uh, which, we, which we like. And even better, uh, their player uh, playing on his fifth-year option is Brian Burns. Yeah, he's a beast. Which would be an extremely excellent <laughs> addition to uh, our defensive line. Yeah, you'd rather have him than Chase Young, I think. Oh, I, I mean, he's proven. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. A Young is, uh, is tantalizing, but um, he certainly hasn't shown it yet. This guy has paid... Uh, already, and um, he's going to want big, huge, super fat money. So, um, and the Bears are going to have that kind of money available to him. And the Panthers are just as bad as we hoped. I mean, their their offense is every bit as incompetent and pathetic as the Bears. <laughs> so, if there's any silver lining, it's that the the team that we want to be bad is really bad. Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll see where things end up, but it's certainly looking possible that the Bears have two very high draft picks next year. Bottom two teams? Cardinals and Texans. Yay! So, uh, we'll move on. So, uh, like, that's kind of wild, too, because... So, the Texans have the Cardinals pick, right? Or, no, other way around. Cardinals have the Texans pick. Cardinals have the Texans so, like, pick. It, 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 uh, they could end up with number one and number two. Like... One, two, three, four could be entirely owned by Cardinals and Bears. Yes, kind of that like, is a real, that is a legitimate in, possibility. In some order. So yeah, that's pretty pretty crazy. So uh, we'll quickly uh, take a look at the at the games here. Um, so we got uh, Atlanta at Detroit. Yeah, I don't really know about that. I mean, I I think the Lions should win, but they should have won last week. So, so uh, the matchup predictor uh, has uh, Detroit fifty five and Atlanta forty five. I think Detroit's a three point favorite, and uh, they are Detroit by three. Yeah, I mean, really interesting. I mean, Detroit completely coughed that game up against Seattle. David Montgomery listed as questionable. I think he's he said he's going to be out for like a while, right? Really? And. Uh, Gar- I didn't see that. Gardner Johnson's on IR now, so a couple of big, oh, he is. big injuries there That's for That's a Detroit. big injury, yeah. Uh, Josh I, Reynolds is questionable, too. Yeah, they, they got banged up in that game against Seattle. I, I was disappointed in that performance by them. I, I really thought that they were going to follow up that win at Arrowhead by coming out at home and kind of stomping Seattle a little bit, and they just didn't do it and ended up losing the game. So. Yep. This is a big week for them. Dan Campbell, I know, said something to the effect of, well, we got humbled by that loss. So, you know, they, they, Desmond Ritter's playing pretty well. Yeah, he's all right. And that, Man, that, that uh, Falcons offense has some playmakers. Um, Bijan. Yeah. Oh, that guy looks like a super beast already. He's great. 
Um, so, uh, we'll move on. Detroit to... should, I take Detroit should win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Uh, I, I think that's, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Detroit there too. Uh, actually, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to go with Atlanta there. All right. I, I think that they're going to have trouble with uh, with um, with Bijan. I don't hate it. Uh, so uh, we got Chargers at Vikings. <laughs> uh, it's Chargers fifty three, Vikings forty seven. Yeah, Chargers are a much better team. They're also just the absolute dumbest team you could ever put together, and they're coached terribly. So I think they should win on paper, but the Chargers. Lose games, they should win all the time. And Bosa, questionable. Yeah, that's a big one. And like, Eckler, questionable. Yeah, I, I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's playing for a while. Um, it, it, this is a like big game in terms of like implications, right? I, we, yes. talk, we talked earlier about what happens when you lose three games. Yep. When, you, when you start 0-3. Even 0-2, the percentages are small. So like, so like if, if the Chargers lose, then I think that they're going down a path of like firing their coach. And if the Vikings lose, like, do they try to tank then, right? And try I'm to, going with Vikes. I am going to go with the Chargers, but I don't feel any sort of confident about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not confident either, but I'm, I'm going to go with Minnesota to uh, get their first win because it's at home. If this was on the road, I would say that they lose big. And the Chargers are awful, so I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. But. And uh, so uh, that leaves uh, Green Bay, um, New Orleans coming to town. Green Bay 53, New Orleans 47. Um, it looks like uh, no major injuries. Uh, uh, well, is is Christian Watson going to be back? I think he is back at practice. Okay. Um, that makes a big difference. I mean, Green Bay, like, was looking like they were going to cruise to their second win down there in Atlanta yep. last week and somehow lost. So, did you see that play where like Jordan Love like yeah. fell down? What was going on there? <laughs> I don't know, but it was certainly the most hilarious thing I've seen so far this year. Makes you feel a little better as a Bears fan. Uh, I think the Saints are just like the worst, so I, I think the yeah. Packers win this one. Saints are Saints are pretty terrible. Uh, 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 David Carr is showing exactly why he's <laughs> or. Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek, <laughs> Derek Carr. David, they're both, they both suck. Yeah, like the Saints are 2-0, but one of those wins is against the Titans where Ryan Tannehill played like the worst game I've ever seen. And then yeah. the, the officials called off like two scoring plays for no reason. And then they beat the Panthers. The only thing that's good about uh, New Orleans is Chris Olave. He's awesome. I wish we had him. The rest of that team stinks. I think the defense is okay, but I, I think Derek Carr stinks. I think the Packers win that one yeah. in Lambeau. Uh, uh, I, I'm going with the Packers too. And then, uh, well, <laughs> we have our game. Well, okay, so how many touchdowns do we lose by? Yeah, it's going to be ugly. You know, um, the thing is, is that it, it, it would be nice if we could at least, uh, at least go there and be competitive. Um, I think that is possible. Uh, I, I, I think that the biggest problem is going to be the defense getting off the field. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I th the other thing that concerns me here is that the Chiefs offense has kind of struggled so far. So, like, is this yeah. the game where they're just like, all right, we're going to get ourselves right and we're just going to go out there and score 50? Josh Blackwell, Braxton Jones, Darnell Mooney, Lucas Patrick, Eddie Jackson. Yeah, we'll see about Jackson. That's obviously the biggest name you just mentioned there. Um I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Mahomes. I mean, this game could be 35 nothing at halftime. Isaiah Pacheco is questionable. All right. The Chiefs have a million other guys. Although they, well, really, they, they really don't, actually. They really don't. Um, you know, uh, uh, Edward, Edwards Hilaire has yeah. turned out to be a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's really Kelsey, and they've got a lot of question marks. But yeah. It's still, like, the best team in the world, or best quarterback yeah, in the world. Yeah, best like, quarterback Their, in the their world. defense Best is, tight end in the world. Yeah, and their defense is Great pretty, offensive pretty, line. Pretty good, too, right? Yeah. So, Great defensive line. Chris Jones was like, yep, I'm back. Yep, yeah, he announced himself with a presence. I, I, Like we talked about earlier, I'm focusing on the offense in this game and just seeing if they can get anything going. Like, I don't even really care about the final score. I, I think the Bears lose this game. I, I think that's obvious. But if, if the offense can kind of get moving in the right direction and if fields can kind of take what he said today and apply it and look a little bit 
more like you did last year, then I think that's a step in the right direction. So this is going to be a big moral victory game. (laughs) So, um, do you think, uh, do you think, do you think we get some sort of stupid Matt Nagy trick play? Probably. Like, especially if they're up big. He, he's going to want to put his face on camera somehow. Oh, look at look at me now. I'm in, I'm in charge of play calling yeah, for the Chiefs. That guy... Of course, they're, as you mentioned, their offense has looked kind of suspect so far. Yeah, and that guy's in no position to, like, rub it in the Bears' face. He's a he, jackass. He got, he got four years here without much. So, yeah. I, I, I don't think he's in any position to... Uh, be rubbing it in but if the Chiefs are up big I wouldn't be surprised if we get Willy Wonka or whatever the hell that was <laughs> uh, so um, the last bit before we get finished here um, Eliminator Survivor. Survivor so yeah so we're still alive picked the Eagles last week they won it's about eh, 65-ish percent of this pool left not a ton of upsets last week uh, 6% of the pool picked the Broncos they lost 6% picked the Lions chargers couple percent so uh not not a ton of big upsets i mean this week you can kind of take your pick there's some absolutely massive spreads so just to name the biggest one san francisco's a 10 point favorite at home baltimore seven point favorite against the colts jacksonville 10 points against houston the chiefs 13 against the bears cowboys 12 at the cardinals so that that's kind of the ones i would pick between any any strong thoughts? Well, I mean, uh, it, the Chiefs have to be a heavy favorite to yeah. uh, in our in our league to get picked this week. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you kind of have to put them towards the top. Uh, Dallas would certainly. Uh, I, I I don't see much chance of the Cardinals beating Dallas. Dallas looks like they've got one of the best defenses we've seen in a very long time. They have a great defense. The Cardinals might get like literally zero yards in this game. Um, actually, I don't see much chance of Carolina beating Seattle. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one there. Um, because they're the, not good. The problem is with the Chiefs and the Cowboys is like you can pretty much use them any week. Yeah. So I was thinking about Seattle. I was also thinking about, do you want to use Jacksonville at home against Houston? Because Jacksonville is a good team, and Houston, like, their entire offensive line is out. Like, their offensive line's in worse shape than the Bears. Let's see what it says about Jacksonville and and Houston. That one's going out on a little bit of a ledge there. Yeah. You know, I I thought that um, Trevor Lawrence's numbers would be uh, better right about now. He has 457 passing yards. Yeah, they haven't been great. And he's a pocket passer. They haven't been great at all. He only has 20, 20, 30 more yards than than Fields does. Yeah, I I think the team that's least likely... 71% to 29% there. Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to go ultra conservative, you just use the Cowboys... Or the Chiefs, I think you'd take your pick there. I think I think maybe the Bears are a little more likely to win than the Cardinals, just because Justin huh. Fields could go. CJ Stroud, six hundred twenty-six yards. <laughs> he's looked, I think, the best of any of the rookies. I guess Richardson's looked good too, but now he's hurt. Yeah, he's uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think that that's uh, you know, well, Calvin Ridley uh, had a huge first game, and he didn't have that big of a second game, but. Um, was it was it Zay Jones had a had the big game this weekend? Uh, Kirk had a lot of catches. I think Zay Jones. Oh, Kirk did. did yeah. So you know uh, that's one thing that's going for Lawrence is he's got multiple options there. And they can run. I mean, the Texans stink. I, yeah. Let's see here. Well, what are you liking? Well, I originally Denver thought Denver at Miami. That's another good one. Yeah, Russ has looked okay. I don't want to go against Sean Payton yet. I mean, I think the Cowboys are clearly my favorite. I could, I would also do the Chiefs. I don't know about Seattle. I don't know if I trust them yet. They were so bad in Week One against the Rams. Although the Rams look okay. Yeah, and you got to remember they um, Carolina is just so awful. I mean, I don't hate it with Seattle. Uh, the next time 
probably the only other time you'd use them is week seven at home versus the Cardinals. And that's a little bit of ways, yeah. Bryce Young, 42 of 71 for 299 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. That's pretty awful. So do you want to do the, do you want to do the Seahawks or the Cowboys? Let's go for the, let's go for the money. Seahawks? No, I'd say I'd I'd say definitely the most sure bet is is Dallas. Yeah. Um, I mean, this might just be a week where like nobody gets eliminated. There's like five games that are ten points or more. I'm just looking at Dallas. The, the only thing is, is that going with Seattle, we uh, we we can save Dallas. Yeah, I'm looking at Dallas's schedule now, so they go. Uh, Patriots. Let's go with Seahawks at home. At 49ers, at Chargers, Rams, at Eagles. So we're probably not going to use the Cowboys again for a while, but there will be more opportunities. You want to go with the Seahawks? You want to trust Gino? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, they're just uh, the only reason I, I'm okay with this is because the Panthers are terrible. They are, and that's a tough road trip. They've scored 27 points in two games. And Pete Carroll's a great coach, and I think Frank Reich is not a great you coach. You know, I mean, uh, you know, even with Seattle, the way they've played, they just scored 37 against Detroit on the road. Yep. And that's certainly a better defense than than Carolina's. Well, the Panthers, like, can't score at all. Yeah, they're completely inept. So yeah, I, I like it. Let's do that. We'll save that way. We can save Dallas. We'll save the good teams. Yeah. I like it. All right, it's in. Okay, so well, that's it, Bears fans. Thanks for bearing with us on our indecision there. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, not probably the most uplifting episode, but what are you gonna say? It's uh, another week in, in Bears land, and even though they're awful, they're not boring. So. Yeah, uh, and you know, hopefully uh, uh, they can. At least play better. I, I mean, I, I would be, I would be happy with that. Just to see them, just go out and 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 function as a more uh, with more continuity. Yeah, and I know there's a couple of listeners that are going to the game in KC, so enjoy it. I love Kansas City; it's one of my favorite places. Enjoy some barbecue. Enjoy Arrowhead; that'll be cool. And maybe the Bears will keep it a little closer than we think. <laughs> maybe <laughs> just eat some good barbecue. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Get a couple, get a couple plates of barbecue because I don't know how much the Bears are going to do for you. <laughs> Bear down. Yep. Thanks for listening.